0: Welcome to Albuquerque UFO-UAP Explorations! In a time when UFO discussions are lighting up the mainstream media, we're incredibly excited to introduce you to a true pioneer in this field, the one and only Stephen Bassett. Steve isn't just a renowned political activist, he's a history maker. Back in 1996, he did something truly extraordinary. He took the bold step of pioneering the registration of a lobby, a lobby with a mission as audacious as it gets, to pressure the U.S. government into revealing the concealed truth about extraterrestrial involvement with humanity. With the career spanning over a quarter of a century, Steve has not only shaped the discourse, but has been a guiding force behind a substantial political movement. His lectures have reached and resonated with audiences all around the world, igniting curiosity about the possibilities of disclosure. Steve has taken to the airwaves conducting over 1200 riveting audio and television interviews where he delves into the profound implications of what lies beyond our world his relentless advocacy efforts haven't gone unnoticed capturing the attention of news outlets like cnn fox news abc cbs nbc msnbc He's even inspired over 500 articles in publications as prestigious as The Washington Post, New York Times, New York Magazine, The Atlantic, Washington Times, The Hill, and Politico. And if that's not impressive enough, Steve's headquarters, the Paradigm Research Group, is strategically located in the heart of the nation's capital, just two blocks away from the iconic White House. We are in the company of a passionate advocate for truth and a trailblazer in the quest for answers about what lies beyond our planet. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Stephen Bassett.
1: Okay. hey, hi, Steve.
2: Lordy, lordy, lordy. I've got to live up to that now. Oh, man. (laughs) Eh, That's going to be tough. But you're hired as my video promotion person, right?
1: Oh, thank you very much. You have the job. (laughs) I had fun putting that together. We're very excited to have you here in Albuquerque. I know that there's a lot going on in Washington right now, and I'm hoping you can catch us up on what happened yesterday.
2: Certainly. Uh, I should mention that on my website, paradigmresearchgroup.org, there is under resources, a uh, section called Print Media Archive. If you go uh, click on that, then click through the Flash page to the archive, you will find uh, between this year and last year, nearly 2000 mainstream news articles about the subject believe it or not 2000 triage from 4000 uh meaning a lot of them are not particularly essential or important or silly uh and if you were to read all 2000 of these articles you would actually have a pretty good idea of what's going on uh and probably be more knowledgeable than 99 percent of the people on the planet uh with that said uh we are moving toward disclosure at rather substantial pace not warp speed, but uh, pretty good, semi-warp. The latest event in a long string of events is that uh, on Friday, yesterday, uh, members of the House, uh, which are loosely created, well, they have created a UFO or UAP caucus, the first UA caucus in the history of the Congress uh, and many of that caucus were in a skiff, right? Security information, something, whatever. Uh, I can never get that acronym right. Uh, to be briefed by somebody that had that could be classified information, which is why they go in a skiff. It's super protected from all the spies out there, satellites and anything else. And it's uh, it's uh, way underground, underneath Washington, somewhere. We don't know where it is. So they had a briefing. Now, what's important about the briefing is not what they were told because most of them afterwards said it wasn't particularly impressive. Right. Uh, And they were not satisfied. And a number of them, like Tim Burchett, made it clear that they're not going to give up relentlessly pursuing the truth from the US government. Now, for those familiar with the history of this issue, (laughs) I have colleagues that have made statements like that and I've made statements like that. But when members of Congress are making statements like that, we are clearly in a different place than we were in 1969 or picking the other year. They are going to be relentless. They're not going to give up. So that was notable. Uh, The fact that they didn't get, in their view, anything new is less important than the fact that they were briefed at all. Right. And more importantly, who briefed them. This uh, skiff was was conducted by Thomas Montag. And who is he? He is the inspector general of the intelligence community, right? which is under the, you know, the director of national intelligence, uh, NHI. Uh, He has a position every bit as important as the Inspector General of the Department of Defense. More importantly, Thomas Monheim was the Inspector General that David Grush went to some time ago to seek relief for the fact that he had provided extraordinary information to certain appropriate entities, such as the Senate Intelligence Committee, about the presence of, or the possession of non-human technology and non-human biologics by our US government. And accompanying David Crush, former Major David Crush, was uh, his attorney, uh, Charles McCullough, who happened to be the previous Inspector General of the intelligence community, in fact, the first Inspector General of the intelligence community. And so not surprisingly, Thomas Monheim, Fully uh, agreed and acknowledged that his information uh, was created. Provided was creating inappropriate blowback from people within the government, and I think I assume they took certain measures to alleviate that. Unfortunately for David Grush, quieting uh, people who are openly, or at least internally, openly causing you problems. Is, is not able to prevent death threats. You know, in our, in our new world, social media world, death threats and defamation, character assassination is now common. More importantly, it's virtually impossible to stop. Welcome to the new world. Uh, so anonymous death threats continued against him and his family, they're happening now in our our political campaigns uh in fact death threats are becoming rather rather a thing uh and recently they've been added to that is what is called squatting in which people uh will under the protection of i say protection through various means in which they can't be traced are calling in swat attacks on people just to cause them problems and so the person suddenly finds a swat team out in front of their house demanding to come in heavily armed some people have been swatted more than once some one woman in a recent article it was acknowledged has been swatted 30 times welcome to the new world welcome to 2023 2024 and so david grush made the decision to go public as a whistleblower because if he didn't think that the uh uh, policy of truth embargo that the government has maintained since 47 was illegal those right. death threats and other things convinced him that it very mostly likely was illegal and so he came forward and said it was illegal that and i am going to be telling you about that possibly breaking some laws in the in the in the, in the process which is not clear yet which absolutely made him a whistleblower Almost everybody else that's coming forward now are not whistleblowers, they're witnesses. And there's a big difference between the two. And we know about this. And so consequently, um, yesterday was very significant when you consider who T- Thomas Monheim was uh, and his connection to David Grush. Yes. And that's what was important. Now, the question that any uh, reasonable person would ask is why, if he's not going to give them some really good new information that will enlighten them, the kind of information that they would leave the the, the skiff and uh, being immediately approached by reporters, which is what happened for a number of them, they would have said, wow, some amazing thing. Can't tell you what they are, but boy, that was really impressive. No, right? So they weren't. Why did he do it? I have a very good explanation for that, which I feel highly confident about. Did it? Because the situation now is moving so quickly that they're trying to, to, uh, how would you say, stall. In other words, they they can't make the UFO caucus of the house, Tim Burchett, Anna, Helena Lone, and the others disappear suddenly, meaning we don't know what happened to them. They never showed up at the office and there's no trace. And right. we're trying to reach them, but their cell phones are dead, right? They can't do that. And so they need to keep them happy to stall it a little bit while they continue to try to get the situation together, which is necessary to end the truth embargo. And so giving them a private briefing from the likes of Thomas Monheim is a way to sort of do that. Uh, but as we can see, it's not going to work too well, meaning no. Nah. They're not slowing down, but they're trying. So this, this just gives you a glimpse of the dynamic that's going on in Washington, DC, most of which is out of sight. Or a lot of it's out of sight. A lot of it is known, but we can't, we're not being told what's going on. And so we're in another universe from where this issue was in 1947, 53, 63, 93, 2000, 2001 and so forth. We are virtually at the end of this policy, right?
1: Right, yeah, I can see it's been incredible how much has happened since 2017. And even with the, as people called it, the gutting of the Schumer rounds amendment, I still think that what has gone forward has been very substantial and is going to lead to disclosure. And I'm wondering what kind of timeline are you seeing for, for this? Because if things were going according to plan and not counting, um, we'll say wild cards, somebody that, that comes out of the blue and creates you know, what everyone's terming catastrophic disclosure at this point. So what do you see as like the timeline without catastrophic disclosure?
2: Well, first of all, catastrophic disclosure is a Worthless term. I agree. It, it emerged out of the the, uh, uh, the the dialogue and so forth, and uh, nobody knows what the hell it means. And I have my own interpretation, but uh, the word catastrophic has got a lot of lot of charisma. People like to use it. Uh, just ignore it. Okay, that's yeah. my advice to everyone. Ignore that term. Now, the there's two answers to your question. What do I think? will happen, and what do I think should happen, and what is possible. Uh, There is no significant barrier uh, right now between the world's people and the formal confirmation of the ET presence. There's no significant barrier anymore. There are issues. There are excuses. Okay. Right. There always have been, and they vary in intensity. Some of them right now are pretty intense to be sure yeah. uh, as we continue to conduct our affairs like little children,
0: yeah.
2: uh, I think in the eyes of the ETs, frankly. Uh, but basically there is no barrier uh, because most of everything that the government needs to be prepared for disclosure, whether it comes from the president, which we hope it does, or from another head of state in one of the fine nuclear nations out there. Right. Uh, it's pretty much in place. Uh, so what then is needed? Right. Uh, all we need is a hearing in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, not a half day uh, hearing with three witnesses, which is what the House Subcommittee uh, did uh, and did well. I was there uh, watching it and pleased to be there, uh, but, probably five days of double sessions, meaning morning and afternoon, uh, with one witness per session, at least on average, well, one or possibly two, that would be 20 witnesses. Dozens of witnesses have come forward. We know about a number of them publicly. We think there are many, many more that have come forward privately. They have been uh, interviewed. Uh, the, 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 The committee is aware of them and, there are within this uh, pool of witnesses, 20 David Gresham. Wow. And so let me be clear. If the Senate Intel Committee calls the hearing that they promised that they would do months ago and brings these witnesses in, in other words, a serious attempt to provide to the world extraordinary testimony regarding this issue. They can do it anytime, time. they could call it tomorrow. It, there's no barrier. All they have to right. do is uh, get in touch with the witnesses. And I hope to God pay their airfare in their hotel, right. get them into Washington as they did with the January six hearings yeah. and start bringing them before the c- committee to testify and also answer questions under oath. One week of that, and I assure you, the truth embargo is completely baked. Uh, And by that, I mean that the ability for the president to come forward in a nonpartisan way, in response to that development, uh, not some force majeure, and hopefully not because another head of state has done it and he has no choice but to come forward and confirm, yes, Xi Jinping was right when he told the Chinese people on Monday that yes, uh, and provided some rather impressive evidence that, yeah, we're not alone. Hopefully that will not be the case, but the president will be able to do that probably the day after the hearings end, right? And that could happen starting tomorrow. That is the only thing right now between us and a presidential confirmation. And therefore, history rests on, and our hopes on this issue rest on, the decisions of Senator Chuck Schumer, Senator Mark Warner, and Senator Marco Rubio. Now, that's what should happen. And that's what can happen. Right. What will happen.
0: Right.
2: And once you go there, (laughs) things get really complicated. Right? Yes. And uh, I I will elaborate if if you want absolutely uh, every activist movement under the under the uh, the rubric of the arc of the universe is long but it tends bends towards justice uh, I, I I've always loved that phrase from from Martin yeah. but I don't necessarily think it's like a law of physics I'm not convinced that the arc of the universe has to be long. That in terms of the human uh, condition and the human race, the arc of the universe could be short. (laughs) We decide how and when it bends. So it's not a a fixed thing, but I understand why he said it. And we are now 77 years into the post-Roswell world. That's a pretty damn long arc. And so as far as I'm concerned, it should be bending toward justice, which in this case is truth, right? But the reason that the arc of the universe is often long, as he rightfully and appropriately stated, is that justice has to be achieved, the truth has to be achieved within the reality of the world that we live in. And the world that we live in, right, aside from what nature provides, is an absolute insane chaotic mess because of the behavior of the most advanced pe- uh, uh, animals on the planet that would be human beings.
1: Right.
2: Our ability to misbehave, our destructive uh, uh, actions, uh, the sophistication of our, our ways of screwing up are impressive. Uh, so are no other... we
1: ready for disclosure then? You know, we do have a lot of problems. Are we ready? Yeah,
2: no, we're ready, right? But the point I'm making is that the process of getting there right. Right, is subject to the human behavior. Now this year, as has happened in the past, we have almost outdone ourselves. Yeah. Uh, let me give you an example. Stephen Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer, uh, oh, between a period from the late 1980s all through the 90s, spent a fortune uh, developing activist engagement of this issue, which he ultimately called the Disclosure Project. I became aware of it around 1997, 98. Uh, he this ulti- this at the time led to a a a very significant event, which was. Uh, the May 9th press conference at the National Press Club, which is just four floors above me right now, uh, in which he presented 18 witnesses, one or two might have called themselves whistleblowers, as well as a, 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 a tape or video compilation of about 70 more to about 150 media, national, international, in the main ballroom of the National Press Club. This was a very significant event, a very significant time. Uh, And we were feeling very positive about prospects. I recall that that evening we got a message from ABC News that they wanted to interview some of these witnesses that were presented that day in the National Press Club. Would we suggest certain ones? And so we put together a list of five, uh, Stephen Greer put together a list of five after being uh, you know notified of this uh, I think he tossed in Edgar Mitchell who wasn't there because what the hell Edgar <laughs> Mitchell was Edgar Mitchell and said interview them and when that was delivered back to uh, Ted Koppel and we're all just celebrating and feeling pretty good because we sort of knew if those witnesses get interviewed and ABC News gets on this we're going to make some serious progress But before that progress could get underway, as a result of a lot of things, a lot of policies, a lot of mistakes on the part of a lot of nations, I assure you, some individuals flew airplanes into our buildings. 9-11, and all of that activist work was literally obliterated. Right. And this year is worse than that. And so as we move toward disclosure, we have genocide going on in at least four parts of the world. We are at the risk of an exploding uh, war in the Middle East. We are the greatest risk of nuclear war ever because of the war in the Ukraine, right? Uh, It's starting to spread and various nations and various leaders are making all of the same stupid-ass mistakes they have made in the past, the mistakes they made leading into World War I and World War II. And so that is the circumstance. And and in addition to that, which is like your geopolitical scary stuff, we are dealing with the most bizarre, uh, almost off-the-scale political situation in the united states in my lifetime yeah while i'm not that aware of everything that happened in the 1800s and the 1700s it may surpass anything that has happened in our country right and so in and with that on top of the geopolitical stuff we are we are trying to get this done okay so that is the problem and so it comes down to this Warner, Rubio, and Schumer have a decision to make. Does the disclosure and the end of the truth embargo transcend the political realities and the geopolitical realities of the present moment? Or is there just going to be an excuse for them to put it off until there's a calmer time? Right. This is the decision they are making. And boy, the decision they make is going to be very, very important to how happy we are going to be a year from now. And so uh, I will later in our chat uh, tell you what I am doing and some of my colleagues are doing to help them make the right decision. But the fate of this country and the fate possibly of the human race may rest on the decision these three men make. And I, and while I am a little bit prone to exaggeration, I'm not famous for it, and so I'm deadly serious about that.
1: So, how's the political um, campaigning leading up into the 2024 election? Do you think we're going to see disclosure as a cause in? We're going to have you know Biden versus Trump or whoever ends up being on the ballot. Are we going to see both those campaigns? bringing up disclosure as is an issue
2: very good question <laughs> uh it's, okay let, let, so if if they if i can get some meetings with some members on the hill and i'm about to submit requests to about a dozen uh schedulers i have personally talked to tim Burchett. he he he, he indicates he'd like to talk with me i i spoke briefly with Jamie Raskin, a, a fine, fine human being who I think indicated he might call me. But so I, there's a potential that I might be able to see some, some members on the Hill very soon. And if I have the privilege of sitting in front of them, uh, this is what I'm going to say. Yeah. The situation right now is just, yeah, I, I almost don't have the words to describe it, Uh, but it's unprecedented. Uh, And here's why. Where we are, of course, again, and the reason why it's unprecedented and important is because the issue of the extraterrestrial presence is the most important issue in the world, period. And there's a lot of important issues. Going
1: back through history, it's the biggest question, the biggest answer ever.
2: It is. Yeah. Well, uh, it was less important back in the ancient days when they just hung out here and were treated as gods and had a good time and everything else. No, uh, (laughs) I don't don't really give a damn if they helped build the pyramids or not. That's just not that big a deal. Right. Now it is, okay, a big deal. It is the most important issue in the world. It transcends politics. It transcends religion. It transcends economics. It transcends national securities. It pretty much transcends everything okay so here is the situation david grush has confirmed that we have non-human craft and non-human bodies which means they're from elsewhere which means they're from another planet right yeah. and the reason i'm pretty sure they're from another planet and another dimension or not the future is because on repeated occasions they have told us they're from other planets
0: right, right.
2: what can i say I uh, if somebody tells you <laughs> where they're from, believe them. All right. So he has confirmed that. Senator, he has not been he has not been refuted, right? Thomas Monheim has not refuted him. Now, Charles McCullough, the former IG of, of the of the intelligence community, has not refuted him. The Senate Intel Committee has not refuted him. So that is out there. In addition. Uh, one of the original group that came forward in 2017 that helped trigger this whole process Nobel prize nominee and endowed chair at Stanford Gary Nolan has gone on twice television and stated we have an extraterrestrial presence Tim Burchett has gone on television and stated we have an extraterrestrial presence Robert Bigelow billionaire who had massive NASA contracts went on 60 Minutes and said, we have an extraterrestrial presence. Okay. Right. All right. So there's that. Yeah. And then when Chuck Schumer, 39 days after, uh, uh, 39 days after, uh, David, uh, Grush presented the the information about the ET presence and crash vehicles and 12 days before he confirmed it under oath before the house committee. Chuck Schumer, it appears spent that 39 days working with Mike rounds to add 53 uh, pages of legislation to the developing UAP section of the Senate version of the national defense authorization act. Fifty three pages and then sprung that on the public out of nowhere, had no idea it was coming. And, and, and what he told the world on July the 14th, a few days before it was all put up on the Senate website where it stayed for months to be watched by read by anybody in the world. Was that we were going to set up a complete disclosure plan which will describe how everything the government has on this issue, vehicles, bodies, files, reports, studies, whatever, everything that's classified will eventually, but starting right after the the bill is is signed and operable, will start the process of bringing it forward, promoting it, giving it to the American people in the world, and then archiving it, understanding that, not everything's coming forward at once and that some things may be postponed, but basically this is what we're going to do, the whole enchilada. And we're going to give people involved in the process subpoena power to require individuals associated with the UAP um, uh, policies and, and practices of the government to come forward privately or publicly to speak to them and we are going to give people involved in the, what was called the, the, UAP disclosure plan. Uh, this, I'm, the UAP Disclosure Plan the highest level of classification uh, needed to be able to speak to or address anything in the government related to this issue. And we are declaring in this legislation that the United States has eminent domain over any non-human tech or bodies in the possession of private individuals or corporations. So by doing that, by claiming eminent domain over non-human tech, he has confirmed that we have non-human tech. Since then, Crush went and confirmed it again, right? And so here is the situation. We have had already informal capital d disclosure confirmation of the extraterrestrial presence it is literally happened it's hanging in the air above everyone right why isn't
1: the media jumping on this and and just the general public i can't tell you how many people i've talked to in my regular everyday life and they don't even know what's going on they still think it's a crazy topic they still bring up little green men or laugh at it and this is 20 you know, 2024. The amendment was put out there, like you said, in public for anyone to read. It was highly detailed, and yet, why is the media still shrugging? To mostly, I mean, there have been some coverage, but no, not that
2: Birdie, much. No, Bertie, forgive me here. I, 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 look, my job is to just follow this issue 24/7. Yeah. So if if you if you, uh, with all due respect, uh, allow me to. clarify this for you
1: absolutely
2: the professional journalists in the United States particularly and around the world are all over this issue they have generated more articles on this issue in the last 18 months than in the previous 20 years the total number of articles that are now on my print media archive for all of 2023 and the first 12 days of 2024 is now around 2,000. These articles are basically professional journalism and they are triaged from probably 4,000 media pieces uh, addressing the issue. But I I curate that because many of them are just lights in the sky stuff, silly nonsense or whatever, not necessarily debunking stuff. It's just that anything that happens, a funny cloud over Turkey, Generates 20, 30 articles. And I'm triaging that out, all right, because it, it, it's not important. And so, what you will find there, if you go to paradigmresearchgroup.org, is 2,000 articles addressing the UAP disclosure process. And in that 2,000 articles, maybe seven of them are skeptical pieces. Yeah. We have undergone a completely paradigm shift, complete paradigm shift in the journalistic coverage, these articles are from major magazines, Vanity Fair, Salon, um, uh, what, what, what's the other one? Um, the Wall Street Journal just did a huge piece on MUFON, The Economist, yeah. right? The Time, the New York Times, the, the, the coverage is unprecedented. But, The fact is, is that, and and of course, all of the legislation that has now been passed, including the proposed legislation, was up on the website of the Senate for nearly four years. Now, guess what? No matter what's going on, the vast majority of the American people do not go to the Senate website and read legislation. Only 50% of the public votes. This has nothing to do with the E.T. issue. It has to do with the state of civil political policy in the United States, which has been eroded for decades and is now in the process of a sort of semi-collapse, which could lead to the end of democracy, which for the, the history of democracies in the world, 250 years is considered not a bad run. Right. Okay, But we would prefer that didn't happen. Yeah. So but from the standpoint of the official engagement of this issue. It is unprecedented. And so let me be clear, right? If you go to that site and start reading those articles, you will quickly start to understand how close we are to disclosure, right? The process of advancement in social justice and in science is not a referendum. In other words, you don't decide whether you're going to go from Newtonian mechanics to general relativity uh, mechanics or relativity theory based upon a vote, meaning if 51% of the people, citizens, I think we should switch to relativity. No, you don't do that. And it's the same thing with, 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 with public policies. I mean, it, it, technically we are a democracy, but we're actually a constitutional republic. But when it comes to doing the right thing right it's not yeah. just like oh well until 51 percent of the people want to do the right thing we don't do it Uh uh-uh. that's not the way it is right now we have a dozen major policies in the united states where 60 to 70 percent of the american people want it to happen and it will not happen because we have a dysfunctional political system now right. and so what has to happen is a minority of individuals a threshold usually it's in the range of around eight to nine percent committed to getting the right thing done and willing to pay the price to do it get it done that's how social justice moves forward all right and right now we have that critical mass in this country and in the world right to get it done and we are going to get it done so to finish up the point I was making, is that as this campaign goes forward, 2,000 people are going to be on the ballot in the United States for 435 house seats, about 33 Senate seats, uh, a number of governorships, all right, Uh, and a a certain number of state, legislative positions, particularly the Senate, that are pretty important, but most of them are not that big a deal. But we're talking about 2,000 candidates. And as they go forward, some of them have already begun, since our elections start about 15 months ahead, and cost $6 billion this year, which is the worst way to go about this. And we're no other country even comes close to this. Uh, as they go forward, they are stepping out on a stage in front of a microphone in which the presence of extraterrestrials has already been informally confirmed, but not officially confirmed by the president. What are they gonna do? What do you do? They're going to be asked about this, including the president of the United States, if we don't do something right. about it. Uh, Mr. President, uh, as, we, as, 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 you, uh, as you move towards trying to win your second term, what is your opinion of David Grush? Do you think he was telling the truth? What is Biden going to do? Right. If he's going to say he's telling the truth, he's just confirmed the extraterrestrial presence, but not as a, as a confirmation event properly done in the proper way, but as a toss-off answer to a question during the campaign. This is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's like being asked, uh, Mr. President, do you think we should go to war with Russia sometime? Oh, absolutely. I think we should go to war with <laughs> Russia. All right. And people say, what? What? Is there already a policy about that? Or are we, or, you know, this, this this, cannot happen. But it's going to be true for the people running for the Senate and the House. And, yeah. and what? What? most of them are going to have to lie. Go, oh, David Rush? I, 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 I'm not familiar yeah. with that. Uh, who, who is he? Uh, biologics? What does that mean? In other words, an election in which 2,000 people, some of which are actually wor- worthy and competent, are going to have to make asses of themselves in a level and degree that really is going to be very impressive and might exceed some very impressive uh, uh, previous elections. Right? I mean, literally make asses of themselves.
1: Right.
2: Are going to have to make it even. It's going to be even worse for them. On the other hand, I'm almost done. If we get the hearing that will allow the president to come forward and confirm the extra trust to a president. Then the president and his opponent and all the people running for Senate and House can say, well, look, I, I've been researching this. I, I got up to speed as quickly as I could after I heard the confirmation from President Biden. And uh, this is my thoughts on that. Uh, this is how I think we maybe should deal with this. I intend to learn more. I am going to champion your right to know, et cetera, et cetera. And that will be absolutely appropriate and, and, and wonderful and bipartisan and authentic. And this election could actually be a pretty significant event in human history. And so those are the two ways this is going to go. And that's right. how I, I do it at this point, but I can't say which way it's going to go because right. I, I don't have the, the private uh, phone number of uh, Senator Schumer, Warren, or Rubio.
1: So, you know, say President Biden comes out and does make that statement. We are not alone. What do you think a post-disclosure world looks like? What do you think will actually be revealed in those initial steps? And what questions do you think people will have and want to know immediately?
2: Okay, thank you, Bertie. That was a very, very good question, very reasonable question. (laughs) Keeping in mind that by the end of the 21st century, a hundred thousand books are going to be written about how people deal with and what happens in the post-disclosure era, okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let
2: me see if I can condense what those 100,000 books are going to tell you in a few words, all right? And I'm going to do it with an analogy, which I've used many times before. And it requires a little physics, but I have a feeling this is a pretty smart audience I'm talking to. Yeah. Everybody understands that if you take a, a marble, you know, one of those nice little marbles I used to play with when I was a kid. I don't do that anymore. And you're out on a very calm day and there's a pond near your house. And it's, it's one of those days when it's absolutely still. You've been there, you've seen it, right? It's almost like glass. It's calm and still. And you walk on down to the pond and you take that marble and you drop it in. Boop. And it just so happens you have one of those high-tech slow motion cameras, right? And You've got that all set up. And so you film it, right? And so you film and you take it home and you, you, know, you put it up on your computer. And what you will see is that when that marble hits the pond, it generates a wave that goes out in all directions. And if you've got a really good camera, it's impressive. You've probably seen this. It actually has been done many times. It turns right. up from time to time. And as that wave moves out over time, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Sometimes it makes multiple waves because of the fact the water comes up and comes down. And it just moves out across that still pond until the pond is once again calm. Disclosure is the that, but in the... What is it the bizarro world you know you know in the anti-world all right where the physics is turned on its head and what do i mean by that think of the pebble or the marble as disclosure and when you drop it into that still pond which is my analogy for the current world right now a still calm glassy pond (laughs) it's not stick with me here and then you film it and what you see is when the Marble hits the water, hits that pond, it starts a little way, just a little way, and it starts coming out in all directions. But remarkably, as it moves further and further away in time, it gets larger and larger and larger and larger, and larger until at some point it's a giant wave moving out, and people in their houses are running and fleeing the pond. That's What's going to happen in the post-disclosure world? Let me translate. The day after disclosure, the lives of all uh, 8 billion people on this planet will be pretty much exactly the same. Nothing will have changed except for a very limited few. Okay? And by that, I mean certain politicians and some people in the Department of Defense and so forth, whatever, I mean, right away, they're going to have to be jumping and doing this and doing that. And and so in a way, their life has kind of changed. But once you get away from the the, the government people that are immediately going to have to address it, which is a tiny percentage of the world's population, everybody else's life is exactly the same. You got the same problems, right? Right. You got the same arthritis, right? (laughs) The divorce that just got filed is still filed. Whatever the hell is going on is going to be exactly the same. But as each day goes by, the impact of that event is going to start showing itself up in larger and larger measure and affecting more and more people's lives. And over time, it will become massively impacting on the lives of the human, all 8 billion people and all 200 nations and sovereign territories. It will completely transform the human race, and the geopolitical dynamics on the earth, for better or for worse, depending upon how we deal with it. In other words, as this wave extends, this anti-physics wave extends away from the impact point, are we gonna get up on that wave with a surfboard and start riding it? Are we going to, to be skilled enough to stay up on it and not fall off? How are we going to ride that wave that is gonna come start the day after disclosure? Well, that is up to us. And that is why, all over the planet right now, most of which you do not know about, organizations are coming together privately, some publicly, because they know it's coming and they're trying to get ready for it. Many of these are going to be think tanks because think tanks are just about the ideal entity to deal with the post disclosure world, yeah. nonprofit think tanks, right? and they're already being assembled. Some are known. Gary Nolan has started one called Soul, which is going to have a very substantial uh, advisor group of very high level people. Uh, I'm sure it's gonna raise a great deal of money. It'll be based on the West Coast. Danny Sheehan recently launched uh, what he's been wanting to do for some time, but it wasn't ideal, the New Paradigm Institute. Please go there, donate, and follow it on Twitter. The New Paradigm Institute is a think tank specifically devoted to the post-disposure world. It will have an exceptional group of, of uh, advisors. Uh, it will have an office, well, it has an office already, one block from the Capitol. It'll have an office in Los Angeles and it will eventually raise millions of dollars. And it, its fundamental uh, mission statement will be to provide information and insight in consultation, uh, specifically uh, in service to the common good, the public good, uh, as we move forward in a post-disposure world. There are others being formed. I am quite confident that every major think tank in this city that I'm in, the uh, Enterprise Institute, the Heritage Foundation, Cato, the uh, coalition, um, um, the, oh, I can't, Um, uh, it's the the big progressive think tank that uh, was founded by uh, uh, John Podesta. Every one of them is having meetings in which they're deciding how to set up for this. In other words, do we set up a division, right? You know, the exo-political section of the the think tank, who are we going to bring in? That's happening sub-Rosa. Corporations are starting to finally get the picture uh i've been wanting to consult with them for about 20 years but i I probably still won't get a call but whatever they're they're finally getting it they're going holy mackerel there's money to be made there's 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 nobel prizes to be won whatever uh in the post-disclosure world they're starting to get the picture and they're starting privately i assure you to decide how to deal with the post-disclosure world a perfect example of that is it just two days ago no on friday The day before, the day before the briefing on Capitol Hill by Monheim, a Bitcoin billionaire and a very prominent attorney whose names we do know. You can find them on the net. Arranged for David Grush to come up to New York to give a private presentation to a big full of big shots. Uh, And the rules were you will not talk about it. The first rule of this this briefing is you do not talk about this briefing. And the second rule is you do not talk about this briefing. And no cameras were allowed.
0: <laughs>
2: As it happens, one individual snuck a camera in, got a couple <laughs> of shots, put them out on the web, and we're getting some information. We know that David Rush agreed to go up there for nothing, free, paid his own way. Right. Told them some pretty significant things. All right? Yeah. Let me, let me make a side note. Don't even try to guess the amount of consulting fees David Grush is going to get post-disclosure from a range of institutions and public corporations. Yeah. He will be set for life, his family will be set for life, and he will have earned every penny. And so that's just a taste. Of what is coming. And so these groups are, are coming together. Paradigm Research Group very soon is going to file as a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. It's, it's not a, never been a nonprofit. It's never made any money either. Right? But but it acted like a nonprofit. But it has always been a sole proprietorship in order to protect myself against interference by the government right. under the, the, the First Amendment. But it's going to become a nonprofit think tank. I'm going to redesign the whole website, but it's going to be a little think tank. Danny Sheehan's got a huge think tank, but I'm gonna be working closely with Danny and Jim Garrison is uh, his director in Washington. We already are working together and they're down by the Capitol and I'm two Blacks from the White House and so I'm gonna be doing my thing. Right. But you're, you're going to see this engagement. Now, some of this engagement is going to be by bad actors.
1: Absolutely.
2: People that wanna weaponize the ET tech. Let's weaponize that tech and, Let's, you know, take over the world or let's even, you know, build starships and go see if we can conquer a planet like Star Wars, you know, whatever. Right. Or Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever the hell. There's going to be people that say, oh, we can take this tech and we can literally take over entire industries like the energy industry. And we'll charge people huge sums of money for making it far cheaper than before or like Nestle. Right? who's buying up the water rights all over the world so it can start selling us water. That kind of bad actor is out there. And I assure you, if they can take advantage of this paradigm shift and get unbelievably rich at our expense, they will do it. And so that's what we're heading towards in terms of the post-disclosure world. And that is my very short explanation of what is going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, uh, there you
1: go. I've heard you talk about the potential for open contact a certain period of time after disclosure, and I'm wondering what kind of open to- contact are you anticipating, and what would that mean for the average uh, human being?
2: Average? You
1: know, the average human being.
2: That's like not myself. me. I'm not average. No average yeah. here. No average in that audience there. There's no <laughs> average people here, but whatever, I think what you're saying. Okay. Well, you've triggered my uh, my favorite rant. I mean, <laughs> sorry, you know that that that, that, that you, just, you just you just opened the door to that. So too bad. Uh, here is my favorite rant for your consideration, <laughs> and it goes like this. I'm getting better at, at, at keeping it shorter. Okay, believe it or not.
1: Oh, you're doing great.
2: Here is here is my favorite rant that services that question one everything that has been happening in the last 77 years is not just some random thing yeah this is what's going on now who knows could have been something else no it's not random at all uh it is relatively fine (coughs) the most i think well-defined aspect of this last 77 years is what the extraterrestrials have been doing not so much what the human race has been doing partially because well there's less of the ets and a lot of us what have you but whatever uh it's a little easier to define what the ets are doing and what their ets are doing is servicing a an agenda it's servicing probably several agendas but there is one fundamental agenda that is in play, in my view, based upon a common sense connecting of the dots, and not some wild, wild excursion into exciting and 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 uh, eyeball uh, um, uh, accumulating uh, and, uh, and and followers. No, it's basically a common sense interpretation, and it's going somewhere for a reason, and we are participating in this in a way that is 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 helping us get there but we're let's just say less uh we're less uh focused in other words if we if every if all the countries and the people in the world understood this they'd probably be you know participating in a more constructive way but instead we're running all over the place doing crazy wild things it makes it harder but ultimately we're getting to the to where the et's want to go now where do they want to go and why Why 77 years? Why doesn't this thing that I'm discussing start in 1920, 1930, 1865, right? Again, I don't care about the ancient world. They were all gods back then, it's irrelevant. Right. It starts in August of 1945, when the ETs who have been observing us for a very long time paid very close attention the fact as the World War II proceeded, work on atomic bombs uh, got underway, a race literally to see who could build the first atomic bomb, knowing that whoever got there first would end up running the entire world, right. which would be the worst job in the, you know, in the galaxy, but whatever. Uh, and this race is magnificently uh, described in a book called The Making of the Atomic Bomb by Richard Rhodes one of the finest nonfiction writers in American history. It won the Pulitzer Prize, the National Book Award. It's about 900 pages, but read it, it's great. And it's, it, it, it was a, I think, a significant though maybe unstated resource for the movie, Open Honor. But point is this, they watched us develop the physics. They watched us in the Manhattan Project finally put a bomb together. They watched us test that bomb It worked very well. And then they watched us fly two of those bombs over Japan and drop two nuclear weapons on two cities that were not significant military locations and vaporize and ultimately kill 220,000 Japanese, most of whom were women and children which I think impressed them. Uh, They knew what we do. I mean, they've seen our our history of war and so forth. They know how awful we can be. There's almost no limit to how awful humans can be. There's just no limit at all. But still, they were impressed by that. We built the most powerful weapons in history and dropped them on our own species, which pretty much convinced them that we're just as dangerous as they thought we were. Yeah. And not surprisingly, right after that, lots of sightings started taking place. Right. Lots of sightings, far more than were accounted for, because in 1946, it just wasn't the attention yeah. to the issue. Right. There was no move on. there was no nightcap. There was three television stations with 15 minutes of news every night, black and white. But the more we start to investigate backwards, we're starting to see there were a lot of sightings going on in 46, a lot of activity, a lot of things going on. And as it happened, some crashes took place, right? You know, it's like, you know, it's like our airspace is pretty full of planes. And if they didn't have very sophisticated tech, they'd be crashing into each other. And so one of those crashes was in Roswell. And that's when the United States at minimum learned that there's not humans engaging us and we're not alone. 1947, the latest. There's evidence starting to emerge that to a much more limited degree, our government knew we weren't alone before 47, possibly even going back to 33, but very tightly held. I mean, really tightly held. Okay? But in 47, it wasn't tightly held. Why? Because the Army Air Force Base put out a press release and said, we've got one of those graphs. And so, boom, wow, what's going to happen next? Well, what happened next is that we chose not to confirm that we have that. Another decision was made, ultimately leading to the truth embargo, which we're still under 77 years later. And so the ETs, what they see as we move forward is the human race working on World War Three. And after dropping two bombs on our own species, we then proceeded to conduct something like 1800 nuclear tests in the air, underground, in space, which basically gave the world a major increase in cancer. We did, you know, we gave the world cancer. They're watching that. They're watching the whole concept of mutual assured destruction in which increasingly more countries get nuclear weapons and, and, and are capable of destroying other countries to the point where it's so awful, it can't happen. And that was the only thing preventing it from happening, mutual destruction. They watched the number of nuclear weapons in the ar- 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 arsenals of nine nations on this planet increase to 86,000. Yeah. Okay. They're watching all of this happen. And while they are doing that, their presence continues relentlessly sightings on the ground, in the air, in the ocean. And so their presence is increasingly known. At the same time, you know, aside from the human crop circles that were made, and there were a number that were made by some people that are very proud of themselves, they, they, they kept putting down ET crop circles in the UK year after year after year. And so they are, they are pressing us to accept their awareness why okay but here's the big one right because we didn't disclose in 48 the sightings continued they decided hmm maybe they need a little more encouragement and so they had a massive flyover washington dc in 52 right. in july they're all over the place right scared the hell out of everybody and so you know they're thinking well you'll probably acknowledge uh, to your citizens who are here now, won't you? No, that's not what we did. We, 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 we put out a couple of stupid statements, right? Yeah, you know, whatever's going on. And then we called together a CIA panel and they, they came to a conclusion. The ETs and I'm not making this up. The Robertson panel concluded the ETs are not a threat, but the real threat is the interest in the subject by our fine citizenry and therefore mm-hmm. The formal truth embargo really got underway in 1953. And the ETs watched that happen. And they continued to be seen all over the world. And then in 1962, we almost had the best known uh, instance of a a near nuclear war. There have been about five or six others that that we came that close. But most people don't know about them. But they know about that one, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And we just dodged nuclear war on that. They watched that happen. And only four years after that, out of nowhere, they start turning our nuclear missiles off. Not once, but many times. They fly down over the ICBM sites and turn all the missiles off. They fly down over Soviet missile sites and turn the missiles off. There are still alive a number of people, number witnesses, prepared to sit in front of the Senate Intel Committee and confirm that happened. That starts in sixty six. Why on earth would they do that? Well, I guess they're kind of sending a message, maybe that you know you got a problem with these nuclear missiles. You know the ones that would launch the bombs, like the ones that dropped on the Japanese in forty five. Those nuclear missiles. Only you have the now ability to virtually annihilate most of civilization, create global winter, and maybe kill off most a significant portion of all life on the planet so we're turning your weapons off it's a and the, and the government you know what happened then the dod was in an impossible position because when the when the sack base officers started coming forward like like Bob Salas right wanting to talk about it what are they going to do yeah. it was written up in the paper a couple of times it, it was relatively known were you going to kill them. You're going to kill all the sack based guys that, that were, they were talking about this. You can't do that. That's going to undermine, how would you say, morale in the strategic air command. And so they just tried to pretend they didn't exist. Pop Salas doesn't exist. Who is he? I don't know. Can't talk to him. Uh, if they're asked by the press, I don't know what you're talking about. They just tried to ignore them, but they wouldn't go away. And a number of these men pursued trying to get hearings in front of the Senate until the day they died but there's still a lot, some of them are still alive. 25, no, from night. well, about 25 years, they've been wanting to testify and the government's going, I don't know who you are, all right? And so that happened. And so we continued to march forward towards Armageddon and their presence and the ET presence became increasingly aware and, and, and the whole disclosure movement got underway as a whole lot of people begin to say, wait a minute, let's get this dealt with. And so now we're on the brink of disclosure, 77 years on. Okay, great. Do you think the ETs want this? I think so. You know, if they don't want us to acknowledge their presence, boy, they are not conducting their affairs appropriately. And so I think they want it, point one. All right, and if that happens, and we do disclose worldwide their presence. What happens next? Well, I'll tell you what happens next. The greatest DIY self-education, autodidactic process in all of history, in which to one degree or another, eight billion people go online and start learning everything they can about the ET presence. They may even read some of those books behind me, but mostly it's gonna be online and Kindle. Right. And they're gonna start figure, learning about the truth embargo and what we know and the research and everything else and, and just kind of get on the, on, on board, right? Sure. It won't take long, thanks to the internet, thanks to the power right. of our technology. And so the human race will educate itself to the, the nature of the extraterrestrial and the extraterrestrial presence. And then what happens? Well. After a year or so of that, open contact is a no-brainer. It won't be disrupted. It'll be anticlimactic. It'll people be saying, oh, it's about time. Now, let's be clear. Open contact is not the same as experiencer contact. Open contact is formal communication between authorities, heads of state, whatever, nations, and ETs, in which that communication, whether we see it happening or hear it happening, it's communicated to us. They're saying this, we're saying that, there's something at dialogue going on, that's open contact, all right? right. That is not the same thing as a couple of grays walking through your bedroom wall, freezing you <laughs> and then hauling you off to their craft for your annual exam. That is not the same thing. <laughs> and that is going on and we will learn about that. And that will also be confirmed And of course the ets are going to be asked about that i'm sure open contact is quite different and this is where it has been going all along why why did the ets the open contact with the human race that could be as little as two years away why do they care at all two reasons there may be more but two reasons one as highly advanced, sentient beings from different backgrounds, different planets, they have a certain reverence for life. We have a certain reverence for life. Right Right now, it's focused mostly on pets, dogs and cats, but nevertheless, uh, we have a reverence for life. And we do have a reverence for human life, though you would not necessarily know that by watching the news, but yeah, We cherish it, we value it, it's important. We have a reverence for human accomplishment. And it took us a couple of billion years to get here. You know, the entire evolutionary process of life, going back to the primal sludge, throw in a little panspermia, cook it for two billion years and you get now, right? It took a long time to get here. And so blowing it all up would seem like, I don't know, a waste of a nice civilization. And I happen to think they they feel the same way. And so they're really not keen on the idea of us blowing ourselves up with nuclear weapons, which does not mean they would stop a nuclear war because at some point you throw your hands up and say, folks, if you are this determined to destroy yourselves, go right ahead, we'll be fine. We'll check back in a thousand years and see if there's any of you left. That's the first reason. But there is a very significant second reason. And that is something that very few people understand. But if you dig deep enough, even just on the internet, you can get the picture. And what is the picture? Well, if you've watched the movies, you pretty much know what's gonna happen. And I've watched most of them. We're going to have star travel very soon. We are closing in on it very quickly. The physics is being worked out we have crash vehicles we've been studying for 60 years though they may not be interstellar vehicles but they, they're probably they may just be anti-gravitic but there's probably some clues there and so we are very close to having starships hey i'm not going to apologize for that but guess what you don't have to be a genius et to know what happens next when the human race finally figures out how to build a ship that that, in, that engages space and time in such a way as you can go from one star to another that's 20 light years away and only experience about two weeks of lost time and the people back on your planet only experience about two weeks of lost time. So they're still going to be, you know, there when you get back. We're going out there. We're going to build those ships and we're heading on out to go where no one is, no man has gone before. And guess what else we're going to do? we're gonna pack those ships with some fine nuclear weapons. (laughs) And whatever the hell else we need, because uh, certainly the galaxy has got to be free carry, free open carry, isn't it? And so we're gonna pack those starships and they're gonna head on out. Well, hmm, what next? Two things can happen, one, we may encounter an advanced civilization like theirs and they may or may not be able to see us coming. They will have some pretty advanced technology and they may go, whoops, got a human starship. It's about half a light year out. These idiots are packed you know, to the gunwales with weapons. <laughs> so we're just gonna go eliminate them or they can't. You know, It's a big, big space. And we show up in their, in, their, in their solar system and do something stupid. Or even worse, we encounter one of those less developed planets, which we've seen in Star, Star Trek many, many times. They don't have that kind of technology, right? They're kind of like us in the 1900s, maybe. And we're just kind of cruising around, checking it out, you know. May have a prime directive, maybe not, doesn't matter. But I don't know. Something happens, we nuke them. Now, if I'm an advanced civilization, I'm not keen with that. If I'm an advanced nonviolent civilization, I'm not keen with that. And so I'm gonna make a very firm statement. There is no way in hell any advanced civilization is ever going to let a civilization like ours go into interstellar space, weaponized. It is not going to happen. They would have to be idiots. And I can turn it all around And if we had the starships and we found a civilization like ours, that was about to have uh, interstellar travel that was armed to the teeth, we wouldn't just go home and say, I hope they don't find us. We would make damn sure they never leave that planet. And so open contact has been the goal because we are so close to interstellar travel. They now have got to intervene one way or another and apparently they want to do it in a relatively orderly and responsible way meaning acknowledge our presence we'll we'll now have open contact with you and the first thing on the uh, agenda is we want to talk about the nukes we want to talk about your nuclear weapons and we're going to say okay what about our nuclear weapons and we're going to say well first uh, if you have any plans of building starships and taking those nuclear weapons outside your planet, it isn't going to happen, period, okay? It's not gonna happen. Just forget about that. Do you wanna use them on each other? Eh, you know, what can we say? But you're not leaving. So until you get rid of them all, you're not going anywhere, okay? And, and, And some of our fine leaders will say, look, we have a right under our constitution to have nukes and do whatever we want with them. And if we wanna take them into space, we're gonna take them into space, okay? And they're gonna say, no, you're not. Uh, And we're gonna say, well, okay, fine. We won't be able to go into space, but we're not getting rid of the nukes. And they may say, okay, that's fine. Understand, you can't take them into space. If you wanna blow yourselves up, that's fine. But part two, look, we know a lot about you. We've been following you for a very long time. We're actually pretty familiar with your genetics and your biology and everything else. Yeah, you know, we're pretty knowledgeable. Sorry about that, but you know, it's just something we do. And we have some amazing technology that could really solve a lot of your problems. And you've got problems, folks. You've got really big problems, all right? And yeah, you've got problems with disease and you've got problems with technology and resources and whatever, all right? Um, we can help. There's nothing shocking about that. We, we do it ourselves. We got countries with advanced tech that go out and help countries with less advanced tech. We got countries that are rich and help the poor countries. We do it ourselves. Why wouldn't they do it? And they're gonna say, we'll be happy to help, but you gotta get rid of the nukes. And why? You know, we're not, we're not gonna take them in space. We're not a threat to you. So help us out. And they're gonna say, why? Why shouldn't we waste our time and effort helping you when you're gonna just destroy yourselves? We're not idiots. So if you're hell bent and destroy yourselves, fine, I do it, but we're not gonna help you. We'll, we'll keep track of you, but we have other planets to visit. Good luck. And there will still be people, some lunatic, narcissistic, psychopaths running countries that will say, well, screw you, right? We don't want your help, but we're not giving up our nukes. They are everything to us. And hopefully the think tanks and a lot of other institutions who have developed uh, uh, some policies in the post-disclosure world will remove those psychopaths from power one way or another and then put new people into office who will then discuss with them, okay, we're, we're gonna get rid of the nukes. Should it take about a year and we're happy to you know have you confirm it. And then we'd certainly like to talk with you about how you could help us deal with our mammoth overwhelming problems. And we're really looking forward to building some starships. That is the agenda. That is where this has been going all along. Now, a lot of people will say, I'm out of my mind because there's so many dots being connected here that it's fantasy. Let me tell you something. This field is ripe with fantasy. It's got some bizarre stuff that has been floating with it from day one. They've got their stuff out there so far in left field, it's not even in the stadium. It's not in the parking lot of the stadium. That's not where I'm at. I don't deal in such fantasies. This is a fairly straightforward analysis of the last 76 years with respect to the engagement of ETs and humans based upon the research of thousands of people, thousands of books, documentaries, and so forth, including stuff that has been discovered by nations and we've learned about so So that is the answer to your question
1: yeah that does answer my question but i'm just wondering if that's actually the scenario that happens and i think that that sounds reasonable just based on the past do you think though if the uh, open contact is really going to be a dialogue between extraterrestrials and uh Upper level, the upper level echelon of humanity, those that hold the power, do you think it's just going to lead to a different kind of truth embargo? Or, you know, a new kind of obfuscation where we know that extraterrestrials exist, but we're not actually privy to what's truly happening? The,
2: the, the, the citizens of nations will never be fully privy to everything that's happening. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. I mean, just on the basis of the fact they're not paying attention and don't know or don't want to know. But the the nature of governance is that there are things that will be happening that you're not going to be privy to because you can't, you know, what are you going to do? You can't run a a, a nation, a complex nation that way in which everything that happens has to be done by a Zoom call and everybody in the country can join the Zoom call. I don't think so. So, no. But are we going to have another truth embargo like this I don't think so, and here's why. Technology. Uh, One of the reasons the truth embargo is finished, cooked, toast, is the rise of the internet, just about the same time I entered this field in 96, followed by the expansion of email and AOL, ultimately social media, Facebook 2003, Twitter 2006, uh, translation capabilities and software that allows you to go to any website in the world and translate it. Uh, pick all of the things that has made this, the neurosphere that T.R.D. Chardin predicted 70 years ago. It's one giant brain in a way. You can talk to anybody That's on the planet, true. unless, unless, the, unless the, the government of that nation where that person resides won't let you, but uh, technically without government interference, there's almost nobody you can't communicate with instantly. right? Right. And so the, the the ET confirmation, the disclosure event, is going to galvanize the intention of 8 billion people at a degree that nothing has ever and may never again. I mean, you're talking about 8 billion people pretty much, with, with a modest number of exceptions, pretty much intensely interested in what's going on. And almost every person on this planet, with the exception of some people living on Sentinel Island in the Indian Ocean in the center of the Amazon jungle, can get to a computer and the internet. All right. And so they are going to be just focused on this. And so if you're, if you are some hardcore, hardcore uh, people working in some government or whatever, and you're deciding to construct a whole new truth embargo post this truth embargo and see if you can buffalo the world's people for another 70 years, you're in for a surprise. It isn't gonna work. Now, if you shut the entire internet down, if you close social media down, right? If you you literally create one single news source, a government-based news source in every country, if you turn the planet into North Korea, it's possible you could pull it off, but you can't do that. And so we're going to enter a different era post-disclosure in which the truth will suddenly become the currency of the realm and lies, deception will become really bad Bitcoin, you know? Meaning, eh, it's got some value, but frankly, it's not gonna <laughs> buy you much. Now people say, well, that's ridiculous. Well, I'm sorry uh you either understand that the, the modern technology underway, or you don't and if you don't i get it okay if you're living on a mountain somewhere in the midwest you are in, in the western rockies or, yeah yeah, what, yeah whatever's gonna happen now but if you if you're involved with social media if you understand ai if you understand the rise of of the tech of the last 30 years you will get the point that this is not the same world and once we make us a, a paradigm shift to another place and the human race decides to use that technology in their own interest, we're in another place altogether. I am not worried about a second truth embargo.
1: Okay, that's awesome. So uh, we've got a few questions here from the audience. Do you mind taking a couple of questions here? Of course not. Okay, go ahead. Here, we've got Michelle with the question.
2: I'm frozen on your screen, but I I am active on my screen. So I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, okay. I don't know. It might be the library. Doesn't um, matter, internet. all right. We can hear you just great.
2: Okay. I just have a question, Steve. Um,
1: I have heard various people in uh, the
0: UFO community and other places that think that we've already had contact with various civilizations and possibly have treaties with them. And some of the alien groups did not want disclosure themselves. And that was one of the reasons that we haven't had disclosure. And then there's also people that are saying we already have bases
2: or starships. What are your thoughts on those? I heard it. Uh, look, one of the problems of the truth embargo is that it is Kim truth vacuum. Uh, and as a result, it just, well, you know what happens with a vacuum, right? Everything in the near surround to that vacuum just immediately, you know, jumps in there. But right? it just just sucks it right in. And a truth vacuum, what it does is that all of the information and and uh, whatever's going on in the near surround of the truth embargo gets sucked into that truth vacuum, thus creating chaos, conspiracy theories, speculations, wild uh, assumptions, outright fakes. Attract a lot of attention and make you some money. Whatever it just sucks it in, and that and that serves the truth embargo. The government loves that. The more confused we are, the more out there we are, the more the more speculation we pile on top of speculation, the less uh, the progress we're going to have in ending this embargo. So they thrive on it. They'll even service it, right? They'll they'll put stuff out there. They'll slip stuff out there that's false just to keep us confused. The The fundamental premises of this truth embargo remain the same. You do not have a right to know, not true. You do not have a need to know, not true. And you cannot handle the truth, not true. You know what is true? They can't handle us knowing the truth. And so the possibilities that you presented, I think are quite unlikely. Now, I will say this we will likely learn some things post-disclosure that will be more upsetting than others. And one of the reasons all this preparation is being done, all of this effort by the government to do the right thing is because by doing the right thing finally, even though they can't do it in an authentic way, they have to pretend and, and, and act as if, no, 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 we don't know yet, but we're getting there, is that by doing the right thing, They're hoping the public will be more generous when they find out the truth about this. And one of the truths we may find, right, which uh, is going to be really upsetting, is that the government of the United States and maybe others has had formal contact with ETs in the past and has actually made arrangements with them. We have a diplomacy there. Deals were struck, struck, gifts were exchanged and the nature of those deals we're not going to are going to be very very un, unhappy uh, we're going to be very unhappy about it uh i can't rule it out i think it's more likely than not we don't have those kinds of arrangements it's more likely that when eisenhower went out there and he did go out west It wasn't to sit down and cut a deal with the ETs. It was probably to see one of the bodies or talk to the living ET that was retrieved from Roswell. That's a more likely explanation. Do we have a secret space program? I mean, a real one, a real deal. Have we set up a base on the moon? Do we have a joint ET base on the moon? I don't know. Is it unreasonable to think that? No. Do we have clear evidence for it? No. And when you're talking about trying to deal with the post disclosure world, and all the the challenges it's going to face, and all the possibilities uh, that that are there, we got to stay grounded. We got to go in on using Occam's razor, start with the simplest explanations, work from there, and as we learn more, start to make conclusions about other things. In other words, we need to apply a reasonable common sense scientific process to the post-disclosure world and not just jump to every conclusion now that the ETs have been confirmed, well, then that must be true and this must be true, right? And they're eating children or whatever, right? No, don't do that. And so I'm telling you what I think is most likely. I'm trying to stick as close to Occam's razor as I can. I cannot stop the other speculations which can be very entertaining but if i find out is what you just said is true i will tell you believe me i won't wait 20 minutes it's one of the reasons why i don't get invited in some of the major shows now it's because they keep going on and saying things that are actually pretty true but are not appropriate for the time uh, whereas others are more willing to sort of just say what they need to say so they can get invited back on and get that airtime. but that's not how i roll
1: Okay, another question. Okay, we've got Max with the question.
2: Hi, Max. Hi, Steve. I can't. By the way, I can't hear, so you're going to have to repeat for me, Bertie.
1: I absolutely. <laughs> Okay, Steve, did you hear that I, I did not. Okay, so um, Max said, Oh, there you are. You're back. Yay!" I've
2: switched, I've switched cameras uh, to see if I can deal with uh, see if that would solve <laughs> the problem. Let's see how that works. Hang on.
1: Okay, so Max's question. He was on x. And he saw a post by Jared Muskowitz, who said that um, that brushes claims had merit. And Okay, Max, what was the rest of your question? Oh, yeah, that 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 was learned information related in the SCIF yesterday to the um, congressional members was that Grush's claims had merit and yeah. you, you uh, and I guess Max would like to know your thoughts on that.
2: Grush's claims have merit. As far as I know, everything he said is absolutely true. Yeah. And he's, he said some things which are a little challenging. Uh, here are some of the more challenging things that he has said. Hang on. Um, come on. Oops, don't do that. Okay. Um, Grush has stated that he was uh, informed that there is another head of state seriously considering confirming the ET presence. I've been saying that for twenty years. I mean, I even went to Moscow and said it. <laughs> you know, and I was worried they might not let me leave. The point is is that uh he's doing he's doing what I'm doing. He's sending a message to the to the White House, to the Senate Intel Committee, and to to the DOD. Folks, unless Xi Jinping is getting a payroll check from the CIA, unless Putin works for us and other heads of state are literally our employees. They can disclose anytime they want. And if that happens and the President Biden has to follow, I assure you the consequences for the United States are severe. So get off your ass. I've been saying that for 20 years. And he just said it to a bunch of bigwigs in New York, right? He's also talking about the fact that one of the crash vehicles is like a Tardis. Yeah. Uh, it's 40 feet wide uh, from the outside, and once you go in, it's a couple of football fields. This is pretty significant stuff. Out of the question? No, it's not out of the question. It could be true, which is cool. Right? I mean, imagine if we had tech like that. You know, I, I mean, I, I I think of all the little apartments I've lived in. Can you imagine exactly tech? Right. last you'd have a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> that, when you walk in, it's got 4,000 square feet. Okay, for the same price. Hello. Uh, so anyway, uh, what happened up in New York and what happened in, in this GIF is simply confirmed what I've said. The presence of extraterrestrials is now informally confirmed and hanging in the air waiting for the formal confirmation that must come. And, uh, and David Grush is going to get consulting deals for the rest of his life that's going to make sure he and his family are going to do very, very well. And hopefully I'll get to have dinner with him one day. Uh is there <laughs> anything else you need to hear about that or if I answer the question?
1: Right, yeah, Max has a follow-up. Go ahead, Max. Um so Louis Lozando has spoken about somber aspects of the UAP issue
2: that he has come to learn and telling right about here. how to grab this.
1: Okay, so Max's follow-up question is on Lou Elizondo's infamous statement about how people would find the reality uh, when they're presented with the extraterrestrial presence sobering or somber in some way. And he wants to know what you think about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
2: the, uh, the, the, the disclosure, uh, just a confirmation of the ET presence will trigger a massive engagement of all governments to know as much as possible right it also instantly validates the entire contact phenomena and everybody that's an experiencer of which there may be millions right. and many of them actually are working in government and increasingly people working in government or formerly working in government are now coming forward and, and admitting <laughs> to being an experiencer by the way uh once we get disclosure Experiences are gonna have their day, Uh, meaning that, hey, everybody's gonna wanna know one, everyone's gonna talk to one, write a book, they're gonna buy it, do a doc, they're gonna go to it. Uh, They're gonna get vindicated and and they're gonna hopefully get uh, some redress. Uh, But what has been happening to them is going to be sobering. There's just just no other way, okay? Uh, We're gonna learn that they uh, create hybrids. We're going to want to know where those hybrids are. They're going to learn that they uh, uh, instigate uh, uh, fertilization uh, inside a woman's body. But before it can develop too far, they come and take the uh, the developing uh, zygote, uh, which, is in, in which the woman may not even know have happened or will be interpreted as a false pregnancy. You do that as a human, you're going to jail for life. Okay. And there's other stuff. Uh, this is sobering. Now, there are speculations about things they're doing, which would be beyond sobering, they would be terrifying. But these are speculations. I am not a contactee. And so, and, and, and the vast majority of people are not contactees. And so when we learn some details about what ETs have been doing with humans, First and foremost, the vast majority of people are not part of the program, and so what? You know, how, how upset are they going to get? They're not contact they are never going to be, experiencers. They the ones that are are certainly going to be able to come forward and talk about what they've experienced, and 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 uh, yeah, that will be helpful. It will be vindicating. It, it will some closure. One of the most interesting questions that hangs out there post-disclosure and could hang out post, out there post open contact. Yeah. As if the world finally discloses and confirms their presence, will con- will experience or con- abducting events end? Will they stop it? I think they will. I think continued abductee or abduction events, post-disclosure are going to be very problematic for several reasons. Uh, but if they don't end, uh and continue that's going to be problematic and 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 but after open contact would they end right so I can't imagine a situation where un 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 uh, approved uh contact with ETs of the type we're familiar continues on indefinitely I just can't imagine it what I can imagine in a post uh open contact era is the ETs literally saying to us, "We we need to do this work. Here is why we do this work, but we, we we will not we will not continue to do it without cooperation. In other words, volunteers. If if you want to volunteer to help us do this work, we will do it. Otherwise, we will not. I'm and I'm you know fun. people
1: would line up for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think so. I think so. Um, but again, it's it's complicated. There's more than one group yeah. out there. They don't all right. conduct their affairs the same way. What can I say? It's a complicated universe. Yeah. But I'm not diminishing. I know a lot of contactees. I know what some of them have gone through. Right. Believe me, it's not a picnic, and and they pay a price. But you want to know something else? One of the it, it will be probably learned that one of the reasons the contact program has continued sub rosa continued the way it has been is because of the truth embargo right. if truman had simply come forward and said look yeah we got a cross saucer and some bodies apparently we're not alone and we're going to get more information about that and and uh, and deal with that uh and did it in 48 the experiencer thing might have ended long ago uh or at least the contactees would have been heard from they they, they, they would have not had to go through it while at the same time being told they were crazy. So the truth embargo, as I've said countless times, one way or another has made fools of every single one of us. Right. It has damaged every single one of us, one way or another. Yes. Uh, and if that isn't enough reason for it to end, I can't imagine what it would be.
1: Yeah, yeah. OK, uh, one more question out there? Daniel, did you have a question? Back there. Oh, it's Sean with the question. I know everybody in the group. <laughs> um, i as individuals to help further the difference? Okay, Sean wants to know what we as individuals can do to further the disclosure effort.
2: Ah uh, yes, thank you, Sean. I, I I meant to do this. By the way, I'm down to fifteen minutes, so let me uh, uh, be be quick. Yeah. All right. Look, the one thing I'm doing now that's cool is is called the Shift Storm. Shift S H I F T. Shiftstorm.org. If you go to that website, what you will find is all you need to know. If you are on Twitter, it's never going to be X for me. I'm sorry. It's Twitter. It's always going to be Twitter. That's the way it is.
0: You know. I can uh
2: you can go on twitter and you can uh, tweet tag messages to schumer warner and rubio they they all have twitter accounts all the members of congress have twitter accounts but not dms uh so if you want to get a message to them you go at senator schumer use the handle and say uh senator we are we expect to have hearings in january the witnesses are ready we want you to bring them in We must have this or we want disclosure we want you to do this so the president can disclose whatever you want to say if you want to send 20 messages to the same senator no problem just change the wording don't just send the same words all right and of course send all your messages to every one of them we want to put thousands and thousands of these uh, tweet uh, tag tweets into the notification box of these three senators why because they monitor those notification boxes they have staff that do that why because that's how they find out what people are saying about them out there on social media you know this and that and whatever and so when the staffer goes into the notification uh, get- well and you actually get the note you know you get the little thing that tells you you got notifications and they flip in there and they see a thousand tagged messages regarding the need for hearings this month they're going to go ooh, that's uh, that's a lot of messages and so they're going to call up their boss and say boss Uh, We got thousands of messages in the uh, notification on Twitter saying that they want hearings, uh, you may want to check that out. And the boss is going to say, "Okay, hang up, go online, set up Twitter, go to the notification, and go mm, and scroll them, literally. Can't get easier than that, folks. So shiftstorm.org. Also, we have the the links to the three email forms. So you can send an email message, which is fine. Uh, But there is one little glitch. Uh, Schumer's in New York, Warner's in Virginia, Rubio's in Florida. Uh, unless the, uh, the form includes an address in that state, the appropriate state and, a, and a, uh, a zip code, your message is not gonna go through. But if it does, it goes through. And so, but there's a lot of people living in those states that said, and so we'd like to see some thousands of emails go in and they monitor the email box. Of course they do. And if they get a thousand emails about this, they're going to call up their boss and say, Look, we got all these emails coming in about having hearings right away. And the boss is going to say, Okay, hang up and go to the email. And they'll start checking them. Shiftstorm.org. Do it. Share it. Spread it. Make it viral. If you're on TikTok, you know, tell people about it there. If you have any, if you know any TikTok influencers, you know those teenagers with 16 million followers, tell them about it. Instagram, <laughs> same thing. we got time, right? So that is shiftstorm.org. Uh, the other thing that I'm doing is Hollywood Disclosure Alliance that was formed in November. Uh, it is uh, co-founded by Dan Harari. Uh, it's, it's got about 100 members now. Uh, we're trying to network everybody in this field with all the film people so they can find each other and make great content that act, content that's correct uh it's it's going to be a, a thing it's a nonprofit. it'll have its 501c3 and we'll be raising money soon uh and so check it out at hollywooddisclosurealliance.org if you have some some significant track record dealing with the uap issue uh contact us through that website uh for, to be possibly a founding member of UAP, uap founding member if you have a track record in the film industry the entertainment industry which we designate as hollywood uh, and would like to be a hollywood founding member do the same get in touch and you might be able to be a founding member it costs nothing it, it just means your bio and photo go up and, and by that you are endorsing the hollywood disclosure alliance the concept is similar to the environmental media association EMA which was started three, 30 years ago with uh, millions of dollars still still running today. Um, and it, it's a networking entity between uh, the uh, entertainment industry and the entire environmental activist movement. We're doing the same thing for disclosure with the Hollywood Disclosure Alliance. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that contact in the desert this year could be massive. Uh, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> Uh, if you want a hotel room, you had better book it now. Uh, the speakers will start being put up online soon. I'm involved in developing the conference along with Ron Janix and so forth. Uh, we're going to make it incredible. You want to be there for this because you can imagine what's going to happen between now and May 30. Yes. So be at the contact in the desert. I will be speaking at the Conscious Life Expo as a panelist uh, on 9, 912 at the Hilton Hotel, 20,000 people. I will be masked up, you can believe that. Uh, But I will be there. A lot of people are gonna be there, and it's an opportunity to connect. It'll be the first major event of, uh, I think, 2024, and that's uh, Feb Feb 9. Um, I'm thinking I'm almost certainly gonna be at Roswell this year. The Roswell Festival this year could be, well, off the charts. In fact, I was just talking, to one of the people in, in the festival. And I said, and tell the mayor, you know, you know, tell the mayor of Roswell, you know, he needs to be considering the possibility that 100 and 150,000 people could show up yeah. and like, you know, yeah. set up some campgrounds, whatever the hell you got to do. Exactly. Uh, because uh, if we get disclosure, a lot of people are saying, I'm going to Roswell, right? That's right, so,
1: That's right. here in yeah. New Mexico, you got
2: it. Roswell, Mexico. <laughs> so." Um, uh, uh, watch for developments. Uh, please follow me on Twitter, at Steve Bassett. Uh, uh, please uh, donate to the New Paradigm Institute and follow the New Paradigm Institute on Twitter. Right? Yes. And uh, if you got a podcast, call me. I'm doing every podcast out there. I'm on a tear. Uh, I'm averaging a podcast a day for the last two months. Do the math. Uh, so that's it. I got about, well, I'm done.
1: We really appreciate go. you speaking with our group. So a big round of applause for Steve Bassett. Yay,
2: Thanks for coming, folks.
1: <laughs> Thanks it. so much. I really appreciate you, Steve.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll come to Albuquerque some point, do a full presentation, uh, the whole nine awesome. yards. And uh, until then, ad astra.
1: Ad astra. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone who tuned in on our live feed. I really appreciate hanging with our tech problems. This was our first live stream, and we're just going to get better and better. Thanks.